Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. times they ought to pray and not lose heart or not faint saying in a certain city there was a judge who did not fear God and did not respect man and there was a widow in that city and she kept coming to him saying give me legal protection for my opponent and for a while he was unwilling but afterwards he said to himself even though I do not fear God nor respect man Yet because this widow bothers me, I will give her legal protection. Otherwise, by coming continually, she will wear me out. And hear what the Lord, and, and the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge said. Now, will not God bring about justice for his elect who cry out to him day and night? And will he delay long over them? I tell you that he will bring about justice for them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? What's this story about? I know it seems like it's about a widow who wanted something, legal protection, but Jesus defines it. In other words, this whole story is about what? It's about prayer. Because it says in the very beginning, he told them a parable that they ought to pray and not faint. So the, the whole point of this story is teaching something about prayer. And what's it teaching? It's teaching sometimes that when we pray, we don't always get an answer right away. Sometimes the answer seems to be no, or sometimes the answer seems to be delayed, or sometimes the answer seems to be put off. But what God, what Jesus wanted to teach us in this parable is that if we will persist, if we will persevere, if we'll just keep going after it and going after it and going after it and going after it, Something will break and the answer will come. And what he's trying to teach us is to, is to persevere in prayer. Excuse me. Because I think one of the greatest discouragements of, that happens in the body of Christ is people, people decide they're going to pray about something. And they start to pray and then a week goes by or a month goes by or a few months goes by. or maybe even some, and, and they just kind of get discouraged and they give up. And Jesus is teaching us, no, don't give up. Just keep coming, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. And somewhere along the line, you'll break through. We have to learn to be tenacious and persistent in prayer. And I'll say this. I would, I would say to someone, don't start praying with somebody. Don't, don't start praying about something unless you're really ready to commit to it to the end. It's like, no, I'm going to pray about this, and that I'm just, and that's it. I'm praying about this till something happens. I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up. And when the enemy, the enemy knows how intent I am on, on that, and he will, he'll, he, he'll give up, and God will break through. Hallelujah. Let me just, let me read that. Let me read that same story to you, that same parable out of the Living Bible. Because it really, to me, captures the essence of, of, what, of what Jesus was saying. It says, listen, this is the Living Bible. 
One day, Jesus told his disciples a story to illustrate their need for constant prayer and to show them that they must keep praying until the answer comes. See, that, that's what it's all about. Constant prayer and keep praying until the answer comes. You know, we, we just need to be almost uh, belligerent. There's some things that I'm praying about. And I've set, I've set myself on a course, and I can't go back. You know, there's no plan B for me. There's only plan A. And I'm, I'm, I'm going in this direction, and that's what, I'm just going to keep going until I just know that I know that I know that I can't go any further. Anyway, constant prayer, and to show them they must keep praying until the answer comes. There was a city judge, he said, a very godless man who had great contempt for everyone. A widow of that city came to him frequently to appeal for justice against a man who had harmed her. The judge ignored her for a while, but eventually she got on his nerves. Good for her. Hallelujah. Sounds like some of the people in this church. Just kidding, just kidding. Put your rocks down. I fear, I fear neither God nor man, he said to himself, but this woman bothers me. I'm going to see that she gets justice, for she's wearing me out with her constant coming. And the Lord said, even if an evil judge can be worn down like that, don't you think that God will surely give justice to his people who plead with him day and night? Yes, he will answer them quickly. But the question is, when the Messiah return, when I, the Messiah, return, how many will I find who have faith and are praying? Faith and are praying. Amen. We all have needs in our life. Financial, physical, emotional. We need doors open. We need things broken. How's it going to happen? It's going to happen in prayer. And interesting to me that Jesus uses the, the person in this parable as a widow. And it probably doesn't seem very significant to us today, but back then you have to understand that a widow was a, was a nobody in that society. If you didn't have a man to protect you and to provide for you, you were, you were on your own. There was no social welfare programs. A widow was in real trouble, you know. And so he here's, she really had no right, no legal right to come and, uh, and petition him. A widow, a widow couldn't purchase property. You know, and it really wasn't that long ago that even in this country, w women couldn't even vote. You know, so that women, women were kind of like second-class citizens. And God, and I think God uses that to say, even if she, if she could get justice, if she could persevere and get justice, how much more for you? Because how many Christians really feel that they're effective in prayer, and they wouldn't really admit it? But we've we've seen it over the years so many times. People feel like, oh yeah, I know pastor, I know pastor prays, God hears his prayers. I mean, people, people, that's why people come, well, pastor, would you pray for me? Sure, because I know God hears you. Well, God hears you too. You just, you, you don't believe it, but he does hear you. You're just as much a Christian as I am. You just, you have just, the, you have the same Holy Spirit I have. You can pray and you can get answers from God. And I think God is showing us that this, this widow, who's really a nobody, can do it, then anybody can do it. And you can do it. You need to believe that God will hear you, that God will answer your prayers. If you persist, if you'll go after it, if you'll be tenacious, if you keep crying out to him. That's, this, this, but that's what this parable says. 
who cry out to him day and night, day and night. It's like we keep reminding God. We keep saying, God, here I am. God, here I am. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you that you're my healer. I thank you that you're my provider. I thank you, whatever. I thank you for doing it, Lord. Hallelujah. You know, we need to be, where's that scripture? And we, there's a scripture in Isaiah 62. Listen, let me find it. <clears throat> Listen, this is Isaiah 62. I have appointed watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. All day night they will never all day and night they will never keep silent. God says He wants us to be like the watchman on the wall. Who all day and night never keep silent. Who who <clears throat> you who remind the Lord and take no rest for yourselves and give him no rest. So we don't take any rest and we don't give him any rest. We're on the walls crying out, praying. Now, this is talking about Jerusalem, but it could be talk about anything that we need. Who remind the Lord and take no rest for themselves and give him no rest until he establishes and makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. So it's like for, the, for these watchmen, they're going to say, God, we're going to cry out to you. We're going to keep crying out to you. We're going to give you no rest. We're going to take no rest until you establish Jerusalem a praise in the earth. And whatever it is you need from God, we need to be kind of the same way with that same attitude. Here I am, God. Here I am. Hallelujah. Praying, praying that way is kind of like, I, I don't know if that's a good example or not, but I likened it to, to layaway. You remember layaway? You know, before we had credit cards and we could just get stuff whenever we wanted, there was, the stores had layaway. And I can almost remember my mom, I, I don't know why I have this memory, uh, like, about a month or a couple weeks before school, she'd go to like Sears or Kmart or something and buy clothes for the kids for school and put them on layaway. Or it might be a dishwasher or a couch or something, you know. And the point is you couldn't afford it right away, but you'd put it aside and every week you'd come, at payday you'd come and you'd pay a little and you'd pay a little and you'd pay a little and finally it'd be yours, you know. But you had to wait, you had to work for it, you had to contribute. And that's the way it is with us in prayer. We pray about it, and we pray about it, we pray about it, we pray about it, and finally, boom, it's yours. Hallelujah. You can bring it home. You got it. Praise God. And that's, I, you know, that's just all God wants to do tonight, just encourage us. Encourage us in our prayer life. Encourage us to be tenacious. Encourage us to be patient, to keep on. Do not get discouraged because time goes by. Don't let the enemy rob you of what God has for you. It's, a, it's, it's prayer that God wants to answer and will answer. Hallelujah. And here's one of the great things. Did you know that sometimes, sometimes, prayer can even change the declared will of God? Really? I mean, yeah. Can I show you? So, but if God says something, that settles it. Usually. Turn with me to Second Samuel. Is it second, no, Second Kings. In those days, Hezekiah was the king in Judah. In those days, Hezekiah became mortally ill. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. So what did God, what did God say is going to happen? He's going to die and not live prophet says it by the word of the Lord. So it's settled, right? Mm, pretty much. Let's keep reading. And he turned, Hezekiah, turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord, saying, 
Remember now, O Lord, I beseech you, how I have walked before you in truth with a whole, with a whole heart or a perfect heart, and I've done what is right in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. And before Isaiah had gone out of the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Return and say to Hezekiah, the leader of my people, Thus says the Lord, the God of your father David, I've heard your prayer, I've seen your tears, and behold, I will heal you, and on the third day you shall go up to the house of the Lord, and I'll add 15 years to your life, and I'll deliver you from this, and I'll deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria, and I'll defend this city for my sake and for the sake of my servant David. Isn't that amazing? The prophet comes and says, this is what God's going to do. And Hezekiah, but here's what, here's what you got to remember about Hezekiah. He was a good king. He had lived right. And so he had a right to petition God. But he goes to God and he says, and he cries out to God. And God says, okay, never mind. I'll give you 15 more years. Praise God. The declared will of God changed because of prayer. I'll give you one more. Just one more real quick. Exodus. Turns me to Exodus. Exodus chapter 32. In Exodus chapter 32, it says this. Now when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people assembled around Aaron and said, this is when the first time that, that uh, Moses went up on the mountain to be with God for 40 days and 40 nights. And the people assembled around Aaron and came to him and said, come make us a God who will go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up from the land of Egypt, we don't know what has become of him. So they go up and they, and they make a golden calf and I don't read the whole thing. Skip down to verse 9. Verse 9. And the Lord said to Moses, I've seen this people, and behold, they are an obstinate people. Now then, let me alone, that my anger may burn against them, and that I may destroy them, and I'll make of you a great nation. So what does God say he's going to do? He's going to destroy them. He's going to make a great nation out of Moses. And Moses entreated the Lord, his God, and said, O Lord, why does your anger burn against your people whom you have brought from the land of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians speak, saying, with evil intent he brought them out to kill them in the, in the mountains and to destroy them from the face of the earth? Turn from your burning anger and change your mind about doing harm to your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants to whom you swore by yourself and said to them, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heavens and all the land which I have spoken I will give to your descendants and they shall inherit it forever. Verse 14, and the Lord changed his mind about the harm he said he would do to his people. Glory to God. Moses interceded and saved that whole bunch of people. Saved them all because he cried out to God. Reminded them of the covenant. And God said, okay, I'll change my mind. But does I'll but just to bring a little I don't want you to make it I don't want you to think that it always works that way. It doesn't. You remember when David and committed adultery with Bathsheba and they had a child. And the child got sick. And in fact the prophet when the prophet came to David and held him held him accountable for his sin, the prophet said the baby's gonna die. And but what did David do? You know what? David went into a time of fasting and prayer for the child. Even though God said it was going to die, David fasted and prayed. Now the baby did die, but here's what David said. When afterwards they questioned him, they said, why did you fast and pray when the baby was sick, but after the baby died, you get up and ate? 
Usually what happens is that you go into mourning after the baby dies and you fast and pray after the death. And he said, no, while the baby was still alive, I thought perhaps maybe God would be merciful and hear my prayer. And so David had that in him. You know, it's like even though God said the baby's going to die, I can pray and it's possible that God will change his mind. This time it didn't, but that, you know, I'm saying that was his mindset. It's possible for God to change his mind. So don't give up just because the answer doesn't come right away. You know, even if, you th even if it seems like the answer is negative, or just keep praying, keep praying. And God, will, God can turn things around for our benefit. Hallelujah. I just want to read one other. In Luke chapter 11, Jesus, one more time, wants to teach his disciples. Actually, he did it before the one we read first. But in Luke chapter 11 is another story about persistence in prayer. And actually, the first part of Luke chapter 11, in the first few verses, the disciples of Jesus come to him and they say, Lord, teach us to pray. And he teaches them what we know is the Lord's Prayer. And then right after that, he goes into this parable. In verse 5, it says, And he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me from a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And from, and from inside, he answers and says, Do not bother me. The door has already been shut, and my children and I are in bed, and I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, and I like one translation says, his importunity, and the word, the King James uses the word importunity, and it means shameless persistence. Because of his shameless persistence, hallelujah, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. Praise God. So here's this guy banging on the door, and the guy says, no, I'm not getting up. I'm in bed, I'm, we're all ready, I'm not getting up. He said, well, you're not going to get much sleep tonight because I'm going to stay here and bang on this door until you get up. And because of that shameless persistence, the Bible says he got what he needed. And, so, and then Jesus, immediately after that, teaches them this. He says, so I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door will be open." And actually, the verb tense there in the Greek means it's a continual tense. It's what it says, basically, is ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. And, it, and actually, in the Amplified Bible, it actually translates it that way. So God is saying persistence, persist, persist. Don't give up. First of all, make up your mind. If you're going to pray about it, that settles it. I'm praying about it till the answer comes. And I wrote these three words down in my notes. Passion, patience, and persistence. You have to have passion. You have to be passionate about how bad do you want. You know what the Bible says? The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. A heartfelt fervent prayer. God, God senses the intensity of my desire to see an answer when I pray. And patience. You have to be willing to, to pray and wait for the answer to come. That's why the Bible says in Galatians chapter 6, don't grow weary in well-doing. Don't, don't. Don't grow weary in well-doing. Keep on. Why? Because you shall reap if you don't faint. You will reap. But just keep on. you got to keep on keeping on. What does it say in Hebrews? In Hebrews chapter... Is it 6? Hebrews chapter 6. It says, through faith and what? 
patience, through faith and patience that we inherit the promises. So be patient. Keep praying, hallelujah, and persist. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praising God. Keep praying, and God will do it. God will break through for you in Jesus' name. So I feel like that's my message. That's the message of God for through me tonight. To the, that God wants to encourage us to be persistent, tenacious in our prayer, and you'll watch and see how that will change your prayer life in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's Word and that you be filled with His love and strength as you daily serve Him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.